Welcome to Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak, where we explore the tools and tactics that drive improvement. If you're hungry for more and better, if you want to move past hype and discuss how, you're in the right place. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine. Today, I get to talk with one of my great friends and a true awesome human being, Rick Shermer. Rick is an expert at launching brands, viral campaigns, and early stage ventures. He's Disney-trained, Oxford-educated, launch strategist, branding strategist, and viral marketing pioneer. Rick's award-winning experience includes campaigns for Disney, Chick-fil-A, Little View Menu, Universal Pictures, Walmart, ABC Television, Hershey, NBC, P&G, Coca-Cola. He was a part of Harry Harry Potter launches, Toy Story, Chronicles of Narnia, The Purge, The Cove, Food, Inc. I mean, the guy has been all over the place, and that doesn't even touch any of his early stage startups and, and mid-sized businesses that he does strategy for. Oh, he also happens to be husband to celebrity fashion power influencer, CEO, and media personality, Rachel McCord. And he would make sure that I include, he's a super proud daddy, to Richard Shermer IV, who they call Jude. Man, this guy is phenomenal, and what a ride his life has been. So I can't wait for you to hear as we unpack the life and story of my friend, Rick Shermer. Man, Rick, I have been looking forward to this. Uh, we, we've been hanging out for years, and every time, it's like, dude, this is awesome. We need to do more. Bro, that is for sure. You, you're, you're, one, you're on my short list, bro. You're my short list of people that... I don't spend nearly enough time with that. I want to spend way more time yes, with. It's like every time is not quite enough. It's pretty awesome, dude. That's um, right, dude. Totally. Man, I, I'm excited to get into a bit of your story because, because I think a lot of people know you as this uh, viral brand guy, you play with some of the biggest, coolest brands and have done some really cool projects, but dude, I don't think most people realize where you came from and how you got there. There were some really interesting uh, left turns that you pulled along the way, maybe even full U-turns in a couple cases, right? Yeah, that's, that's true, man. Like I grew up in, grew up in a, a little town called LaGrange, Kentucky, which is you the hotbed for entertainment. Yeah. Everybody knows, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, like as we're talking, I was like, I wonder what the population of LaGrange, Kentucky is these days. And I'm like, well, it might be, hold on, I'm, I'm looking it up. Yeah. with 8,082 people. So wow. yeah, we got about 8,000 people. Yep. Yeah. Oh, hold, on, hold on. No, I'm sorry. 8,000. We grew 8,938. There we go. Hey, hey, a couple new families moved in. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah. I definitely have more, more Instagram followers. My wife gets more likes on her Instagram posts than that. <laughs> than there are in the town. Yeah. <laughs> that is Okay. So like I've, I, I spent a lot of my years, uh, college, post-college actually went to Arkansas, small town. This, these, and I, I love the community and the heart and the depth of these kind of country small towns, but there's not a general sense in those towns. Like, Hey, you should all take off, hit the big city and do crazy things with your life. It's a, it's a real like loyalty, local focus. Yeah. Like, how does local boy from LaGrange end up like long? And you, by the way, you're in LA now, but that's not even where you went next. Right. Like, was it DC the next big stop for you? Well, yeah. So, so I basically, well, well okay. So not to get political, because really, frankly, I don't like politics. Um, <laughs> it's so ironic given what I know you're about to say. <laughs> 
Well, it, it's, you know, I guess I just love people too much to be honest. And, mm. and I don't like, uh, kind of polarizing stuff. So I don't really like politics cause I, I kind of love everybody. So I kind of get this yeah. weird thing about me where I'd rather be more focused on loving people than getting into like, you know, issues and polarization. But I will tell you, like, the thing is, is that it's not like those things don't matter. And I appreciate the people that do. I just don't feel called to that in my yeah. life. So, yeah. But that is a nice preface to say, uh, when I was in college, I worked for Senator McConnell because he is the well Senate minority leader, as you probably know, yeah. and Senate majority leader, but he also is the you know senior senator from Kentucky where I grew up. So, right. so when I was in college, I was, you know, political science major, planning on going to maybe law school or business school, which I wound up going to business school. And when I was uh, there, like the, you know, it was the McConnell University of Louisville where I went to undergrad. Yeah. It was the McConnell Center for Political Leadership. I was so. going to say, like, you just grew up in that, that yeah. was the guy. Yeah. And, and in fact, I mean, McConnell is a friend of my mom's and a family friend when I was growing mm. up. He, mm. McConnell actually carried me to, you know, carry me to bed on Friday nights when I was five years old. Wow. So that, that yeah. kind of like, to give you like a little history. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't like you, so. you randomly searched out a, a politician and wanted to jump on his cause. It's like, no, no, I already dude, knew my family it. friend. I had a chance yeah. to help him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was like, like sort of like, you know, and my mom was a single mother. She wasn't into politics at all. Yeah. So, uh, she happened to be best friends with his girlfriend at the time, Claudia. And so they would do date nights, double mm. date nights, stuff like that. So you come over and they, that was back when he was just a Jefferson County judge. In, oh in, man. So he wasn't even a big shot back then, but I mean, he was kind of big shot, I guess, local on a local level. But anyway, so I did that. Then I went working for the Republican national committee. Um, and I kind of just became like this young Republican rocker and roller in the state. And then it was just sort of like, I mean, honestly, it was just a, you know, I was kind of taking every opportunity I got and just working hard at it. Yeah. Yeah. I just kept on escalating. And then, you know, I was a youth delegate to the Republican National Convention and, and it just mm-hmm. kind of kept on going. And then what I realized one day is I kind of woke up and I was like, you know what? I actually don't like politics. Dude. I actually like campaigning. I just like campaigning. <sighs> and so I had this wake up call one day and I realized I actually didn't like politics. I don't like policy. I don't like any kind of stuff. I don't want to be involved in creation. Dude, I, I can relate to that like crazy. I think I've told you yeah. this before, but you know, my, my first field, we, we've sort of maybe gone backwards in some of our trajectory. I started on the stage, right? Entertainment was my first jam where you, you eventually moved into playing their space, but <laughs> as a child actor, singer, right? I'm touring, uh, doing Amazing. competitions. I got on NBC in high school. Like, <laughs> right? so fun. And everyone's like, you got the gift and doors kept opening and I got a degree and I'm doing international stuff. And I woke up in my twenties going, you know what? I mean, success, like the doors keep opening, but I don't think I actually love theater for its own sake. I, I mean, I I love the people that do it. Some of my close friends are doing it, but I loved the process. I loved the forming of a team, the coming up with a a vision, putting a structure around. And so for you, right? I guess the process is what's exciting. These issues are not what I'm called to. Yeah. The show was not what I was called to, but man, this it. creative team building that was lit up for me. So I totally That's agree. That's actually cool that you were able to like, like pull out. Cause I think for me, it was hard to, to kind of pull out of it one oh, day. I say it like it was easy. This is, this is like sleepless <laughs> nights over many oh, months. Yeah. Like, who am I? This is what I put my whole career on. Like Dude, the majority, gonna- the majority of the, I'll be honest, the majority of the pivots in my story 
or like when I tell my story and my, you know, of my career and what I'm doing, sometimes I'm doing it and don't realize the story until after. Okay, Meaning cause, like, cause this, I want to make sense. Like let's double click on this one because it's kind of like playing by ear, like, like on a guitar yeah. playing by ear. Oh, but then in retrospect, when I tell you my story, it all makes perfect sense. And it actually even makes sense to me. But at the time I didn't know that was a story. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, th I think so. Cause I think again, I think there's some parallels, but, but unpack that for me. So like, how did you start transitioning away from this? Is it, the campaigning, well, the excitement, like what comes next? What happens sometimes is like you you instinctively start making changes because you're playing by ear, uh -huh. and it's not even strategic in advance. Sometimes like you just are starting to play by ear. Yeah, you're like drawn like, to this. I want to do yeah, more you're of that. Drawn to this, and you're like sort of like, and then there's a moment where you like retroactively have this epiphany, and you're like, oh wait, I actually don't like being an actor or being a child actor as much as I love the teams and all that stuff. Then you realize all of a sudden you look back on that whole chapter of your life and you're like, I've been a team builder this whole time. Yeah, I've been the person who loves formation of companies. I love form formation of organization and people getting around for you was right. Yeah, you know, you're, love, exactly. You're singing my song, man. Absolutely. And you're like, but you didn't know that it wasn't like you started your career going like, Hey, I want to get really good at being a team leader and team formation and X, Y, and Z. So therefore I'm going to be a child actor and be involved in all these plays. Yeah. Right. Right. You retroactively had an aha moment where you're like, Oh, that's what this has been all about. So when you tell your story, it sounds like it makes perfect sense. You're like, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. But it didn't yeah, make no, perfect sense to you at in the, time. the moment. I really did think for a while, I guess I'm supposed to yeah. go and this will be my career, right? I'm going to be same, same with me. I, I thought for a while I wanted to be governor of Kentucky. I sure. thought for a while I wanted to be a U.S. Senator. I thought for a while, like, you know, and then I realized I just had this aha moment. I'm like, no, actually I just love campaigning. And so, you know, my high school, a uh, girl I was with in high school, yeah, uh, high school sweetheart. She always wanted to move to, we went to college together and, you know, she always wanted to be a, a screenwriter or an actress. That was okay. kind of like, she, she had the Hollywood bug. Yeah. Yeah. She, she had the Hollywood bug. And so, you know, we went to college and I was involved in all the politics and stuff like that. And I had this aha moment. Like I told you, I didn't want to go. I, yeah. I, I, I really want to focus here. Cause what do you do when you have these moments? Like, Hey, the path I'm on is not the path I want to stay on. Like, how do you manage? I mean, this is this isn't a minor shift, right? Well, there, there was kind of two things. One was I realized that I liked marketing, right? Yeah. But then I was a little paused. I was like, okay, so I don't want to go to DC. Mm, the girl I was with has always wanted to go to Hollywood mm -hmm. and always wanted this thing to happen. And we just graduated college, we're together. And I was like, well, let's go pray about this. And I don't know what persuasion you know or your listeners are yeah, yeah, yeah. faith whatever but for us we're believers and so that jesus. was one of the factors yeah. just like just a, yeah just a real factor for us we're, we're followers in jesus and we we're like okay like lord where do you want us to be and where do you want us to go sure. and we just felt a lot of confirmation like hey let's just do this thing and go to hollywood and so we we did and i was just like okay well that's you know we're going to help launch her which I did. And then I want to launch my own career as well, which, which I did. And then and with the Lord's help, of course, you know, in my sure. economy. So we did, I'm like, Hey, and I realized what was so cool was what I realized is that, you know, movies, cause I, I got my first start at Disney. I got my first job at the Walt Disney company. Working yeah. Okay. So, so let's be clear. Cause I, I never quite caught this until right now. And I've known you for a while, right? The years. Um, yeah. 
you moved to LA and then made the Disney connection. I always yeah. thought Disney nope. hired you. So that's why you moved to LA. No, no, I can't. Ooh. I went to LA in total blind faith, bro. I had like $2,000 in a discover card. <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't, I didn't like my, my, my thought was like, Hey, you know, cause the girl I was with, we were actually married. It was okay. my ex I don't always say that that way because my, my wife, Rachel mm -hmm. is like, ew. Like every time I say X, Y, she's like, ew. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. got it. Got it. You're married to somebody else. Disgusting. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we were together. And so we moved on. I was like, Hey, like, what's the worst that can happen? We're 20, you know, three years old, 22 years old. And we're like, if we fall on our face, move in our parents' house for a couple right. of months. Right. We, you, you get up and you Kentucky, just like, recover. Who cares? You know, you know, it's like, let's just go. Dude, let's go this is brilliant because again, we haven't talked about this, but this like stuff's click going off in my head here, right? Like things are clicking, <laughs> light bulbs. And it's like, oh, what you did was you said, I'm going to put myself in the environment, the network, in the, the physical and relational space that says, man, this is where this world is happening. And there's all... And, and rather than, I mean, you could have sat in LaGrange, which is safe, right? You could have parked in DC where all your friends and career was. And there would have been this easy path of like, I'm going to stay in my current bubble where I'm safe and then hope some other bubble notices me and invites me. You yes. left your bubble, went into the other bubble and is only been moving there and making those connections. Those are the, then the doors open, right? Like I, I think most yeah. people get backwards, right? They're afraid to leave their comfort zone until they have the the next big step. And no, and, and I gotta be honest, like in almost every case in my career, I think that if you're a risk taker, like in someone that walks in faith, is in my case, I mean, I'm, I'm probably a combination of both. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say that the double way. Like faith and risk kind of go together a little bit because that's what makes it faith. I, I've you know done I mean? the same. Because <laughs> if you if you're if you're not taking a risk, you're not walking in faith because you're, you're yeah. taking a step in faith. But then you're like, well, if you really believe, is it a risk? Yeah, because like you're faced with unbelief. Well, and well, and I, I believe God <laughs> generally has promised to work things out for my good. That that's that's one of the promises He makes for us, right? Yeah, fully. that doesn't mean that my good is always comfortable, or it, it rarely His vision of the good is rarely exactly what my vision was. So so there's a risk of like, well, I mean, God may not want this business venture to succeed. But I might learn from it, build some relationships. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that that's, you, we, yeah, that that's also true because like things never really work out. So exactly. I, I feel like when you talk about the risk of these big decisions, what what a lot of times I do is make sure the floor is not so bad. Like the worst case scenario, I can always move back to mom and dad's. Or listen, I can learn something, and it's not going to totally destroy me or my identity. And yet like the upside is all the big, like, who knows, man? Like I, it, it could go huge. It could go tiny. Like, I don't really yes. know, but all I know is at least I've, I've taken off the table, this idea that my identity or my, my physical well being is at risk. Like, eh, what's the worst that can happen? I'll lose a bunch of money. Uh, I'll be really embarrassed. Okay. I can I mean, that. Yeah. I think that there's like, I'd say like, there's a few moments in that journey that have been, clearly those moments and and one of them was moving to LA and not knowing anybody and and bro I'll tell you the quick story yeah that, so we go to LA don't know anybody and I didn't know a soul really there wasn't anybody yeah. in LA I knew that was going to help me it's you know in a land of like 20 million people right and so I'm like um, in my brain, just kind of figuring out, trying to think like, okay, where do I fit here? And, I, and it wasn't like I, something I thought about in advance. When I got there, I thought, okay, I got this political background. You're always watching like entertainment tonight and, yeah, yeah. and, and there's, politicians are always hanging out with celebrities. 
So, and, and people in the industry, and I was like, where does that, where's the connection for that? Because I get a background in politics. So maybe, and I was like, but I'm got a Republican background again. Like I told you, I'm not real political, but I, that's just the but truth. Those are the people you knew. It's good. You that's grew up. Yeah. That's where I grew up. So that was the experience I had and the opportunities I had. And so I, I seized them and did a great job and, you know, I have to own what I am. Cause I, this is my background. It's my only yeah, resume. Right. My only resume. Right. Is yeah, You're in LA. This is not Republican. It's not Republican right? stronghold. So no. I'm like, so I'm going to, I'm going to Hollywood. I'm like, okay, well, if there is a place that I can land where, where politics and entertainment come together, I'm a Republican. So I'm going to be screwed. You know what I mean? Like, but, but I was like, all, all I got is what I got. So let me just go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm out in California. I remember I'm driving down the 101 freeway where the Kardashians, you know, live. And, mm-hmm. and um, so that's where I moved when I first moved to LA. And I remember driving the 101 freeway saying a prayer. And I was like, Lord, just like, you know, I came here, I'm here, please guide me, you know, whatever. And so, mm-hmm. but I remember that specific, very specific moment and feeling kind of like a little bit of despair. Cause I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm so frustrated. You know, like I'm here, I'm here. Like, you know, and anyway, I go, I stopped by Kinko's back in the day. Oh yeah. Like, I remember Kinko's current day, current day. I still call FedEx office Kinko's by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm, I refuse to call it. FedEx nice. Office. nice. So, so Kinko's my, my, my mind. So, so stay strong, man. Stay strong. <laughs> I'm a holdout. So, um, but I basically uh, started Googling, well, not Googling, whatever it was back then, Yahoo or whatever. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I started Yahooing. And I was like, I started typing in government, politics, entertainment, kind of scene with it. And I started to realize that all the movie studios were lobbyists. Oh, and, yeah. and I realized that there's a whole lobbying area of the entertainment industry where they lobby for industry for the industry yeah. in Washington, DC and beyond, right? And local and Washington, DC and everything. So one of the first things that popped up was the Motion Picture Association is sort of like a kind of main orchestrator of the lobbying. Yeah. And that's really what the MPAA does, a big part of what they do. So the Motion Picture Association sort of like it has all the studios that are members of it, and it's sort of like helps them sort of advance, you know, yeah. uh, relations with the governments in public policy to, mm-hmm. on behalf of the industry. Right. So anyway, I didn't know that at the time. I'm just discovering this as I go along. And so then I called the, the vice president of the motion picture association. I literally do a cold call. I talked to the assistant This was totally leveled with the girl to where I was from my background, kid from Kentucky. Don't know anybody not looking for a job, just looking for some advice. Yeah. And I could come in for an informational meeting because I didn't want to come across strong. Like I was trying to get a job, which of course I was, but at the end of the day, the information was more valuable to me than even the job. I love this. I think a lot of doors have opened in my life because I've had the the learning mentality of like, Hey, can you just give me insight and advice? And yeah. many, many times there's yeah. Yeah, total totally. insight, but a lot of my yeah. best career moves have been like that advice session turned into, well, let's do something together. A hundred percent. Or, or just like, even you made a friend who could help you or connect you to somebody. That's right. And the friend introduces me to a friend. And the next thing you know, yep. yeah, it totally. Yeah, and, and by the, by the way, because of that, like, because of the help that I got, I've, I've always paid it forward with every person. Dude, ever literally ever. the same. I remember vividly being the young buck. And so now when come <laughs> folks ask me, I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. Because yeah. Actually I have to confess I made the promise to myself that I would always make myself available, at least try to help. But it wasn't because of the guys who helped. It was because I had a couple guys who helped. And then I went 
this was a rough couple of months, but I had these two men that I was like, dude, I really want you to mentor me and give me advice. And, and they both said, man, I really love you, but I don't have time. So sorry. And like the shutdown and I couldn't find anybody. And I remember saying, when I'm in that place, I was only asking for like, dude, can I join you for lunch once a month? Um, and they were like, sorry, can't do that even now. Now, legitimately, both of those guys are, are people I still respect to this day. They had bitten off more than they could chew. And, and I know what it's like to have to fight for focus. I can't say yes to every request to meet in person, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I yeah. say all that to say it was this vow of like, man, I'm going to at least try to do something because it's changed my I, I life. Feel it. I feel it. It's just like, you just naturally want to pay it for it. Cause someone's yeah. helped you and, and just took a conversation yeah. with me as young. And I, and I don't know how you feel, but I feel like, I still feel like I'm 12 inside. I still feel like I'm 20 yeah. inside. I still feel like I'm like, I, I feel like I always feel very connected to myself and all my phases, you know? Mm-hmm. So like today, who I am today, I still feel like who I am, who I was when I was 22. And I still feel like who I was when I was 18. Yeah. I feel very present with myself from my various ages. So I love that. There's so much health there, dude. The, the, there's a system. I can't remember the name of it, but it's something like family dynamic system. Um, but it's like, think about all the the different views in your life and then yeah. honoring them. Like they're all sitting around a table and give them a, yeah. be like, I don't have to listen. Yeah. That's a good way. To, that's a great way to put me it. is not in charge, but he gets a voice in the table, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like every moment, like, like 20 minutes ago, the Rick that I was then is not the Rick who I am right now. Yeah. yeah. Rick who I was, you know, 20 years ago is not the Rick I am today, but they all are me. That's it. Man. There's so much help in that. And, and the moment who I, the, and who I am right now is not going to be who I am in three minutes in, in all pre- <laughs> and, and every version of Rick is present. Yeah. Sure. So you probably get this cause you, you've got the arts entertainment. It's kind, of a, it's kind of a weird way to think. A little well, bit. I think about my life like a piece of music, man. Um, like, like sometimes we think about our lives like a picture, but pictures are static, right? It's maybe more like a movie or music yeah. than it is like a, a photo, fo- you know, a piece of photography or a sculpture. Cause like there's the beginning of the song, there's the middle of the song, there's the end of the song, right? There's the opening scenes, there's the, right. there's the climate, there's the closing, well, like which part is the movie? If you take one snapshot that, no, the movie is the whole journey. And I think that's right. our lives, man. Yeah, that's so that's so true, dude. I, I, I love that. And, and you think about like the, I was just talking, I had a call with somebody earlier today because they were working on a, a presentation deck and uh, you know, I do a lot of marketing and branding. Yeah, absolutely. My, my career is like, like been focused in probably two words. One is branding and campaigns. The other one is viral. It's like, kind of like, so that's why I like viral branding on my platform launch is what I really care about. So I always tell people launch. So if I had to say like who I am in three words, you could probably, or what my career is about. It's really been about viral brand launch. Those, yeah, th- those, yeah. those three words are like my, my triad. <laughs> Creating these, these viral conversations that spread through networks. Yeah. Yeah. New brands launching new things. Oh, I've seen you do it. From our work at Chick-fil-A together to, to lots of other brands. I mean, yep. and dude, you've got to do this on like, like skipped in the end of the story, which we probably need to just have more conversation, but yeah, man, we do. I, so I know good. you've been involved in everything from like Chronicles of Narnia to indie film projects that have grossed over a hundred yep. million to, to doing some, some of the cool stuff you've done. It's, it's really fascinating to see how God takes these adjacent skills, right. And like slides them, like it's the same skill and just slides them into one adjacent category. Right. And then, then, yeah, then yeah. There, one side step. So you go from this, political space now you're going to do yeah. like 
political connections well, for entertainment. Then you go straight into just yeah, that was the kind of the kind of punchline on that story. Actually, was just real quick. Was um, yeah, please. I, I wound up getting the interview with that Motion Picture Association vice president, and and when I get there, um, and she asked me, you know, the next she, she said she see me the next morning. So I was like, it was a cold call, total cold call. Literally nice. picked up the phone and made a cold call. Nice. I get there and I say hi to this assistant. Her name was Jessica. And I go in to meet with the vice president. Her name's Melissa. And I sit down and uh, talk, start talking to her. And we have kind of a good vibe right away. And she asked me, you know, for my resume and asked me who I worked for. And I told her, you know, Senator McConnell is I take a little gulp, you know, <laughs> a gulp, exactly. you know, and she gets a smirk on her face. And I'm thinking like, oh, I'm screwed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, OK, stereotypically, the statistics of L.A. would say like, you. Just yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, show me the door now. But the smirk <laughs> on her face, I didn't know what the smirk was about. But so I kind of finished my spiel about, yeah. you know, what I did for Senator McConnell. She asked me what I did for Senator McConnell. And I was, I was like, tell her. And then she swivels her chair around. And she points to her wall and there's a picture, like a two, two foot by two foot, huge picture of frame picture of her hugging Senator McConnell. Oh my goodness. On her wall. Uh, you, you found the one Republican in LA. The one. <laughs> That's the it. one. I mean, can, that, 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 I, I, that was the, that was, that was God divinely. I was going to say, you, that's not, these are I've moments like these. You can't claim credit for that, right? Yeah, like, you can't. No, you can't. I, I've you, been you had enough gumption to make a phone call. I, I get this, right? Yeah, you, I think that when you, when you step out in faith, you know, you step out in faith and things are scary, which is what faith requires. Yeah. God does cool stuff. And, yes. and, and, and I feel like you, you can't really see those cool things happen unless you're willing to take a step out in faith and risk. And almost all, every step of my career, I can't say that I made this stuff happen because I couldn't make that happen, yeah. but I stepped out in faith and watched you, God back to the LA dude. Yeah. You put yourself in the situation where that could happen. Yeah. You get it. Like, I feel like you just got, it's, it's, it's really that Indiana Jones, uh, last crusade, you know, uh, faith walk as he was trying to walk over and oh, see yeah, the, the stone bridge. pathway that looks yeah, like the, the, the bridge, the, the invisible bridge that leads yes. over to like the Holy grail. And I think that you, you know, you, I think that you just, you just got to take a gulp and take that step and, and, and watch cool things happen and watch the ground mm-hmm. be put in front of you. And frankly, like, I didn't tell you, like, I mean, like, look, I mean, I've done a bunch of study and I've got like, you know, I've got two master's programs under my belt. I got, uh, I started my PhD. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish that. I always like to tell people I'm a PhD dropout. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, what am I thinking? No, no, I'm done. Uh, but, but the, um, yeah. Then I, and, then, and then like, you know, the next big gulp, right. So I'm at Disney and I work and I find myself, I get, I get connected from her to Disney. I'm working for the C within two weeks, by the way, I'm working for the CEO of Disney. Wow. So like, like at the top of the Disney empire and really the biggest studio, biggest and best studio in Hollywood. Oh yeah. Like going like, okay this is wild. Like I'm, I'm a kid from Kentucky on a tarmac and Disney's private jet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, Whoa, what is going on right now? Yes. Crazy. I'm in Hollywood and the, you know, it's just, so that was like my story. And then, and then I spent about five years there and then I, you know, get trained in Disney, you know, Oh, I didn't even tell you the, where I started was what made sense was Disney had a government relations team. The government affairs team. Well, there you go. And they, and they hired me because I was a Republican because of my Republican background, because they, they, they had, yeah, they had just hired a girl from the Clinton White House, and so they wanted to they wanted to pair have balance yeah. and have people represented from both sides of the aisle, and so they hired me because I was a Republican. And so the very thing that like logic and fear would tell you is going to hold you back, 
because yes. you stepped forward, became the thing that put you in this yes. room. Yes. Dude. Isn't that Dude, crazy? That is it's, so cool. So, I, so I'm on the Disney government affairs. And by the way, there's only like, like less than 10 of us on the team. And in fact, I just was back for a, a reunion with the team oh, um, like, like two, like two years ago. And we're, we're all together and, and it's still the same team that's there after 20 years, the, the oh, same wow. people are actually still there. And we all got together. There's like less than, less than, you know, less than 10 people, about seven or eight of us total. Wow. And then Disney government, government affairs team worldwide. And then we report directly to the CEO, yeah. which Bob Iger, but now, now it's Bob Chapek, which, yeah, it's kind of ironic because like Disney's government affairs team has been, you know, in a, in some hot water with Bob Chapek. I mean, I didn't want to go there, but yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, just say there's no Rick Shermer at the helm anymore. <laughs> well, I was not at the helm. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was a I was a coordinator that's on that team and best, and so I was like, I was very uh, honored to be on that team. And but dude, being this is a lot of my life and career, uh, being the little guy in the big room grew me so much faster than, than trying to stay big fish in a little pond. Right. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah. Oh. Expose me to the big oh. times. Yeah. Even if I got to carry your bags and then what do you know, five years later, I've learned so much. Of oh it. yeah. You know, when I first started working at Chick-fil-A, I told, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A is one of my clients. I don't work yeah, in Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick I'm a square badge guy, not a round badge guy. Nice. Um, I went round badge to square badge. Totally good. Oh, you went, oh, you went round badge to square badge. Okay, yeah, cool. I did. <laughs> That's sweet. I guess still got my, my square brat badge that I break out uh in my in fact I keep it in my backpack so whenever I'm there I just gotta pull whip it out. Nice. But I never got I never got the round badge though. Yeah. But um I had the Disney round badge though. But you dude it's it's it's, it's, it's fun to kind of sit back and reflect. You know yeah. what I mean? I kind of get back. But let's well, do it's what you were saying before, man. So much of this is music that we're making up in the moment. And when yeah. you look back on it, you can catch patterns that that in the middle of it didn't they, they weren't clear. I think that's a lot of life, man. I think we're waiting yes. for things to to be super clear before we act and i think sometimes some of the best decisions are the ones where i just just stepped in like i have enough that it's not wild and stupid but it's a lot of uncertainty and i'm just yes. going to give it my best shot yes 50 50 figured out and have no no idea and and then God shows up and people surprise me. And I'm yeah, I don't even know, bro. I mean, I think it's probably true with people in general. Like you don't get, you know, if you don't take a step, nothing can happen. For me, I can't imagine how difficult that would be if I didn't believe in God and God's uh -huh. partnership with me on my journey of life. I, I, I actually admire people who don't have, uh, who aren't, who are not people of faith. Cause they're walking, they're taking a step all on their own. Like for me, I don't see it that way. I see life as a partnership with God and like he needs, and, and we work together, you know, yeah, as, totally. as, as, as partners. So to me, like, I really believe that. And I really see that. I really feel that. So I feel like it takes, a, in fact, a lot of the fear out. Cause I'm going like, well, God's, you know, helping me on this path. This is what I was talking before about my floor. Like God removes a lot of the, the yeah. downside risk when I'm but walking I, with him. It, the, people who don't, the people who don't have that, I, I like, I'm like, wow, I admire you. Cause you got, oh, I was terrified out of my mind with big promises from God. Like I barely <laughs> pulled it off, man. Exactly. Exactly. I'm yeah. always amazed at people who do so just fully on their own. And I'm like, wow. Hey, mazel tov, bro. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. I mean, like I commend you, but Hey, I, with that, I got a boogie and I definitely would love to do it. We got to do round two. Cause, hey, cause we just scrapped. We haven't even gotten to some of the lessons. I know. I know. And I, and I call cool you for, for, for a lot of reasons. I call you the wizard of Oz, <laughs> which, I, which you are. So well, love you, buddy. I'll, Thanks. I'll 
appreciate it, man. That is awesome. Dude, thanks for time. So good hanging with you. We will definitely talk some more, man. Yeah, I can't wait for that, buddy. Thanks, man. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on life and leadership, you might want to sign up for my weekly newsletter at www.scottwozniak.com slash upgrade. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K dot com slash upgrade. You'll get a cool quote, a deep thought, and a recommendation for something that I use and love. It's not long and it should be fun. The theme is similar to this podcast, but it's not the same content. And if you're a leader who wants to build a legendary brand, you can check out my company's website to learn how we can help at www.swazconsulting.com. That's S-W-O-Z consulting.com. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine.